before we get started on today's episode, I do want to give a quick disclaimer and a trigger warning. We will be discussing disordered eating as well as some other anxiety triggers around feeding your little one. Just want to give you guys a heads up if you want to skip out on this episode. Thanks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. It's the Chronically Mom Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Pickens. Thank you guys for coming back for our next episode. I know we're a little late uh, pushing this one out. Things have been crazy for me in a good way, though. I started a new job, so I have been working hard um, and also just trying to figure out my new rhythm of life because this is my first time that I've been back five days a week. Uh, I'm, I'm remote, but back, you know, in office hours, five days a week um, since having Maddox. So it's been great. I am loving it. Um, But of course, it's an adjustment. So um, things got a little wonky with the schedule, but we're back. Um, I recorded my thoughts around feeding for this episode. So it's a it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I, Don't think it's what you necessarily would expect with feeding. I'm not talking about like, this is why we did this method or this is how we're feeding Maddox. Um, I'm not here to give advice because like, I have no freaking idea. I'm just in my, you know, beginning stages of figuring this out too. So it's more of just sharing some observations that I made, some frustrations, um, mainly around how our society treats food and labels food and there's shame associated with food and that's passed down to us as moms and passed to our kids from day one. Um, yeah, it's really crazy. So I'm just talking about some of my, um, my thoughts around that. So I hope you guys are interested and, um, find this a little thought provoking enjoy and I will um, be on with some more content next week. All right, let's get into this episode about feeding. Now, this probably isn't what you expected from a feeding episode. I'm not going to share all the details of like my breastfeeding journey or what method we're using to like start to feed Maddox solids or things like that. Um, I want to come at it from a different angle because it has really been weighing on me. Um, this topic is super anxiety inducing. Um, just how controversial it is from day one, what or how we are feeding our little ones. I don't understand why it matters to other people or why as a society we're so worried about how or what our babies are being fed as long as they're healthy and getting the right nutrients and growing and happy. So 
I really started to notice this as we were getting into solids and there were questions around what kind of method are you doing? And I'm like, what? A method? Like, I don't know. So I'm reading all these books. I did a ton of research and our pediatrician who I just love was like, hey, as long as he's getting fed, happy, healthy, then we're choosing the right method for him. Well, even though she told me that, me being who I am, I went on deep dives on the internet about the pros and cons of different feeding styles. And then I'm like reading information from one blogger that's like, if you give them this before this month, then they're going to have stomach problems. And you know, that's just an example of something, or it's like, if you introduce this before this age, then that leads to obesity in adulthood. And I'm just like, holy shit. I really went on a spiral. So it, as we got into more feeding, it seemed like there's also judgment from every direction and not just judgment from, you know, people in your life, but it's that self-judgment that you inflict upon yourself because of society or because of what you're seeing on social media. Um, and that can be really difficult when you know you're you're getting getting online every day and you're seeing people making their own baby food and feeding their kids this perfect breakfast every day. And I'm like, okay, I have some like waffles in the freezer that I'm going to defrost for you, you know? Um, it It's a lot of self-inflicted judgment. And why do we do that? So I was thinking back and it's really the same thing with breastfeeding versus formula feeding as well. So in our situation, we had a mix of formula and breastfeeding. Um, he had a little bit of both. So when we were in the hospital, um, I was really pushed to breastfeed him by our lactation consultant. Um, but he was also in the NICU for a bit and his care team there was urging us to give him formula. So as we were trying to make sure we're doing what's best for him, we kind of had these two groups of professionals pushing us in different directions. And it's difficult when you're getting conflicting advice and you just want to make sure that you're doing the best thing you can um, for your baby. So the overall question that I keep coming back to when I think about these experiences, and I know that there are a lot of other moms that have, you know, shared these experiences too. Why is there a judgment in our society about what a mother chooses to do to feed her baby as long as they're happy and they're healthy and they are fed? Like I said before, even if the pressure doesn't come from someone specifically saying these things, society will make you feel like it. And it it really makes sense, which is sad because how how do we communicate with ourselves around food as adults? Um, how does our society communicate about food? So I've kind of a different perspective here um, because I did... Um, go through eating disorder treatment. Um, I'm in eating disorder recovery. Um, 
So through that lens, I do realize that those kind of little nuances um, and that judgment around food that we naturally have as a society, we label food as good or bad. And there's like a shame associated with certain foods. And even you have unconscious judgment about people based on what they eat or what they don't eat. And in our culture in general, we so often play into diet culture, thinking of food as a way to sort of manipulate our bodies instead of just nourishing our bodies. And we're passing this to our kids from day one. When I came to this realization, it freaked me out because I've been in therapy consciously trying to prevent passing disordered eating to my kids for just for years. And here I am from day one, living and breathing this obsession and this judgment, and I feel like I can't escape it. Um, I yeah. As we got into solid foods, it was it was really hard because everyone had thoughts on you should feed them this or have they tried this and so on and so on. Um, and. I've had a lot of anxiety around choking that I am working on. Like I am so, 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 so triggered by that. It's very difficult for me to watch him eat um, and as he's trying solids. So I also really struggle with my own anxiety around giving Maddox something that is not going to be good for his stomach. So we had some um, GI problems when – in like his first few months of life um, that looks like things are kind of evening out now, which is good. Um, But obviously with my history with Crohn's, my family history, I am so hyper-focused on food. Um, And obviously I have to be worried about what I'm eating. So then I worry, I'm like, okay, I'm giving him this pasta and it has gluten in it, but is that bad? Or it's like, you know, it just, it plays in my head over and over. And I, I guess there's, there's really two parts to it. There's that overall societal, um, standard where we're, we're judging ourselves, um, not only on, our bodies and how we're eating, but also how we're feeding our kids and how we're providing for them and making sure that they're, you know, eating the way that the designer way that, that our culture thinks they should. Um, it, it's an unrealistic standard a lot of the time. So there's that piece of it. And then there's the other side where when you are coming from an either disordered eating background or just uh, uh, GI issues like where you're hyper aware, hyper vigilant around food. Um, it, I didn't realize it was going to play so much into parenthood. Um, I just in general from back when – 10 years ago when, you know, I was in treatment for my eating disorder, um, ever since, like, I, I just, I hate cooking. I hate thinking about making food. I hate grocery shopping. I'm like, just, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to think about it. Um, so for me and Matt, it's easy 
to kind of function that way. But, you know, when you're trying to feed a child, um, it's, it's different. You do have to put thought into, um, the food that you're making each week. And it has been really difficult for me to decide like what he's going to eat or even just like determine the portions of things. Like it is tough. And it's like rebringing up all these things for me that, of, of like ways that I almost need to like relearn these behaviors for myself. So I just, I get so, so, so overwhelmed. It's really hard for me to explain um, to someone who like hasn't gone through it because like it's, it's just difficult to understand, but it's, it is, it's overwhelming. Um, I find it easy to to get really down on myself, like I was saying from that society standard when I see people doing things one way and I realize that I'm doing things another way. Like I doubt myself a lot because I think it's an area that I am not confident in because number one, I've never done it before. Number two, I hate even like feeding myself. So diving into, you know, a whole a whole new way of feeding another human, um, is difficult. So I, I feel bad that I'm not making all of his meals from scratch and I'm, you know, buying pouches of food at Target. Um, and I shouldn't feel bad about that because he's getting fed and he's getting his nutrients. Um, but it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, what I've found myself doing, which obviously this, this is a luxury. This isn't the case for everyone, but, um, I have started doing, uh, delivery for some of his meals just to make him trying, try new things, trying new things, um, kind of more manageable because, I, like I said, I really struggle with like figuring out what he should try and what he can eat, not only from a perspective that like I'm just overwhelmed, but also I'm really nervous. I'm going to like give him the wrong thing for his age or he's going to be like, it's choking hazard. So, um, I, I use the meal delivery, um, a baby food delivery company, um, where, I feel confident that they have researched it and like, obviously I do my own research too, but it kind of helps take that guesswork out for me of like what he should be having at which age. Um, so we started to do that and my stress level around food has really like lifted, especially during those meals, knowing that we have that, um, which is great. So like I said, not the most like, cost friendly thing. And I know that not everyone is going to have the ability to do that. Um, but for me, it is helped to have that kind of planned out. Um, but that's, I know that's a temporary fix and I'm going to have to adapt as he gets older and figure out how I'm going to deal with this. And also how I'm not going to feel bad or, um, like I'm not, doing enough for him because I know that I am. Um, yeah. So I guess while we're on the feeding topic, um, 
we can get into breastfeeding and formula feeding a little bit too. So this is an area you guys know if you read my blog post about breastfeeding, we really freaking struggled with breastfeeding. We did a mixture of um, breastfeeding and formula feeding and I felt horrible about having to give him formula, um, which the more research I did, the more I realized that that is a standard that our current society is putting out that that hasn't always been the case. And it's, I'm, you should not have to feel bad about the way that you're feeding your child if you are feeding them and they're healthy and happy. Um, I read this book, Lactivism, which was phenomenal and really, really helped me understand um, the history of breastfeeding, the history of formula, um, and the disparities in different communities around the support with with both of those feeding um with breastfeeding and then the formula feeding um I cannot remember what Instagram account it was that I follow that that was posting about it but I'm, it, I saw it and I'm like oh whatever I'll order it on Amazon it was so good I highly 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 recommend it um but that that's another area where, you know, we see such a push for breastfeeding. Um, this is my experience. We see such a push for breastfeeding that there's like almost no education around like, what do you do if you do have to formula feed? Or what do you do if you do have to exclusively pump and not breastfeed? Like, when I came home, I was pumping a lot because we couldn't, the latching situation wasn't working out at first. Um, and I'm like, I, no one taught me any of this. Like there's not, like there, I, I literally didn't know. I'm like, oh, you have to clean your pump parts a certain way, or you need to replace your pump parts. Um, and then with formula, there is like no, no education of like, hey, if you're gonna use formula, here's how to do it in the safest way possible um, so that you aren't, you know, letting it go bad or just you're you're feeding it to them in the safest way. And a lot of the, the um, issues in the past with formula feeding are not about the actual formula. It's about the methods in, in which they're fed or feeding with dirty water, lack of sanitization, sterilization. Um, but these are things that can be avoided if we had the education around that. Um, and it's the same thing with breastfeeding, though. If, if we had better access to education across the board and lactation consultants across the board where everyone had that continued support, then people would feel empowered to choose if they want to breastfeed or if they want to formula feed, not feel like they're forced into one way or another um, and truly feel like they have that choice. So um, it just sucks because in that situation, like not everyone is given the choice. You know, women, some women are the breadwinners for their family and have to go back to work a week after having a baby. Like, 
they have to formula feed. They are not going to be able to just very rarely, I don't think that, you know, they're going to be able to be on demand, ready to feed their baby, to breastfeed their baby when they're going back to a full-time job right after giving birth. Like, but that's the reality for some people. And then for women to be judging or moms to be judging other moms for the choices that they make, like, why do we do that? Why do we do that? I think a lot of it, like I said before, like for me, I am not confident about this. This is the first time I've done this and I'm really, really scared of messing something up because this is like the most important job of my life being a mom. Um, And I think that's why sometimes we are so quick as parents or as moms to judge other moms because we are so insecure because we don't really know what we're doing. It's hard. So the moral of the story is no one knows what they're doing. So please be nice. Be nice to each other. Assume that everyone is doing the best that they can. Um, I'm hoping that there will be a shift somewhere in the future and we won't have this obsessive culture over what we're feeding or how we're feeding. Um, If you're interested in this at all, I would definitely recommend the book Lactivism. Um, I, I really, really like it. So... Thank you for listening to my rant. This is way easier to do in a podcast than a blog post. I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts. I'm sure there will be some people that totally disagree with this and some people that are on board. So um, shoot me a message. Let me know. Get the conversation going. um, And we'll go from there. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of your week. I will talk to you soon. Oh, 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 oh,